0: Three tours in Vietnam, Panama, Grenada, Desert Storm, three Purple Hearts, two Silver Stars, and the Congressional Medal of Jesus.
1: This man is a hero. Well, I think legend might be a better description, Mr.
2: Sinclair. Well, now we can add kidnapping and extortion to his list of accolades.
1: Mr. Sinclair, General Hummel is a man of honor. General, it's him. Oh, okay. I didn't know we were... We were allowed to curse here, but
2: okay. That doesn't mean the same thing over there.
3: <laughs> it, uh, means, it means like a chin wag, or a, what? What did you call it? Drizzle wagon? No, what did you it's say?
2: Dr- <laughs> <laughs> a drizzle wagon is that sounds like uh, a diarrhea train. It's
0: like, it's <laughs> like a night soil. Are, are you ready? I am ready. Do you? Do you, do you want me to count down, or, or were you going to no, count down?
3: No, I, I just want to go. I just want to
0: start. You won't know when to start? I just start. No, but when, when would you start, though? When I start reading. But how would how you, know you know when, when you... to
2: start reading?
0: 21, 19, 14, 8, 3, 1. Now the story of an eclectic
2: fan base who lost touch with reality. And the one podcast that
3: somehow holds them all together. It's the substandard expanded universe. You are listening to the SSEU podcast. The SSEU podcast is your one-stop shop for mediocre, terrible cultural debates and opinions, movie quotes, and consumer advice. We might not be the best podcast for any single topic, but we do 10 topics better than any other podcast. Among the topics that we will talk about today, the movie named after Dwayne Johnson, Next Door and New Jersey. If you are a new listener, you can find us on most podcasting machines and on Twitter at SSEU Podcast. For questions, concerns, but mostly compliments, email us at sseupod at gmail.com. I am your house elf, Thomas, as usually joined by Chris Griswold Haberman and Ryan of the Indiana Kinneys. I also have the pleasure today of welcoming a guest onto the show live from the Garden State, where he lives next door to Senator Cory Booker. The architect behind the Fort Lee lane closure, on orders by Steve Buscemi, it is spooky. Welcome. Hi, guys. Uh, so, what what is it like? How far away from Cory Booker do you live?
1: If I had to take a wild guess, I'd say he lives about six miles away at the most. Honestly, though, he did. He's actually hit on my sister before. So, when
3: well, when was this, and how how did how did that go?
1: He was one. He was running for mayor of Newark. At the time, and I like he met uh, he met her at like a donor party or something around the corner from my grandmother's house. he ran into her she was just like, uh, take a pass on that thanks but <laughs> no <laughs> how far away is it, is it th- like
2: a conspiracy theory that conservatives have is that he's gay that they are always trying to run out there
3: Well yeah
1: it, you were
0: on my joke I was just in the middle of asking where his
2: beard lives
3: <laughs> Well, it, it is that he's not actually together with What's her face?
2: Rosario Dawson.
3: No, Why is she famous? What was she on?
2: So there we go. We're debunking debunking <laughs> conspiracy theories.
0: Uh, what was she on? Ryan knows. Full what, House? Who on? No. She's done full Rosario House. Dawson. Yeah,
2: Rosario Dawson was on Full House. She's one of the twins.
0: Well, she was in <laughs> Dawson's Creek too.
1: Rosario Dawson's Creek? Yeah. Rosario Dawson's Creek. That was the full title.
3: But uh, Spooky, how are you?
1: Awake, alive, and breathing, they tell me that's the good thing.
3: I understand that you are in uh, making quite a big life
1: change. We're moving from one area, Hudson County, to far distant uh, like area of uh, Sussex County. I live in Kearney, which is like right across the river from Newark. And I'm moving out to Newton in about, if all goes well, probably about a month from now.
0: And how far away from Cory Booker will he be then?
1: Good f- 40 miles? Okay. 40, maybe 50 at the most. Never now, that far because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue working. I'll work in Newark anyway. I'm going to continue working there. So,
0: But but you used to work in Manhattan, right? Oh, yeah. Because you, you worked work. at, at 30 Rock, and Matthew Broderick's character was named after you, right? On, on the TV show. Yeah. And I'm forgetting his name. Like, what was it? Cooter.
1: Yeah, Cooter Burger.
0: Cooter
3: Burger. <laughs> Wait, so how, how long of a commute will you have?
1: It's going to be about. Right now on weekends when it's like no traffic, it's about an hour with traffic from there's there's a couple guys in my office who actually work, who live in that area anyway. And they've said something like maybe 20 minutes more during rush hour because of the way my schedule works. I'm not really worried about rush hour too much. I leave. I'm going to wind up probably leaving the house around 839 o'clock in the morning.
3: So so it will be about an hour and a half by bus.
1: Uh, By car, actually.
3: Oh, by car.
2: Yeah, it's it's an hour and a half by car, a day and a half by bus.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, by walking. Yeah,
3: I, I'm just Like my uh, harrowing experience trying to get to Woodbridge twice <laughs> has scarred me for life. And I assume that all of the East Coast is like that. That I would, I would never live there and commute.
1: No, honestly, I mean from when, from what I can tell of the distance between Woodbridge and DC, that's more centralized, and there's more there. There's more to get through. Virginia and D.C. have done a very good job of <laughs> putting up tolls every 10 feet. Jersey hasn't gotten quite there yet, but uh, we're getting there. If uh, the government has its way, the state government has its way, it's probably going to wind up being something like you know, two hours of tolls and such in the next five years. But who knows?
0: Tolls? Like, as in, you'd actually have to stop at a toll booth and, like, throw change in?
2: We're not. You can't even do that on toll roads in Texas. Like, there is there's no cash option like you can either pay by mail or you have a toll pass. Those are the only two options. There's no stopping.
0: I mean the only place that that I have really experienced that is is Chicago. I'm mm-hmm. uh, going through Chicago that used to have like every so many miles a toll toll stop but like now they just want to push traffic and so yeah, they push you to the toll pass. Yeah, I didn't
2: realize that was still like a thing. Like yeah, I yeah, it's stop. been probably 10 years since I've been to Chicago you know, we would go, you know, to the museum or whatever there. And yeah, you would sit in the line for the toll yes. for like 20 minutes <laughs> and then get back. <laughs> I can't believe we're still
0: would this. And you'd have the one jerk who's like trying to pick the fast line and switching back and forth. Yeah.
3: <laughs> well, it's just like with lanes at the grocery store. You, you should never change because it's never going to work out.
2: I'll go to the self-checkout. Tolling but it,
0: it seems almost criminal to, to make people stop at tolls and to add toll booths when, when in fact there is the technology for people to have the receiver in their car and to just drive. Some make you slow down a little bit, but there are other, other states where you could drive like 60 miles an hour and it registers the, the toll.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, they're the so the newest toll roads they put – because in Austin, like if you want to get around traffic, you take the toll roads because – the, the non-toll highways are full of traffic, and so the toll roads are, so going uh, either uh, north or south or east and west, I mean, the speed limit's like 80 miles an hour, and so people drive like 90 through the...
0: And, and they don't make you slow down at all to, to to register the toll? No. But Ryan, I mean, you were saying recently how if you just splatter mud all over the back of your car and over your license plate, you're good. Like, they, they could take a picture of mud and
2: that was an uh, off-air conversation. I don't want Governor Abbott finding out about this, coming after me.
0: He, he'd, he'd definitely stand
2: up to you. <laughs> I was going to stop making those jokes. I but.
3: think I think that's it for infrastructure week here on the podcast. Chris, I believe that you have news for us. Thomas,
0: I have a vacation coming up. I'm very excited.
3: Where where are you going? I'm going
0: north to my home country. Canada. I'm not from Canada, but but... I mean, you're not far off. We are going to spend two nights in the beautiful city of Duluth, Minnesota. It's the busiest freshwater port in the world, and uh, we've got a hotel right on the water, and we can watch the big ships come in and out. It is is a beautiful place to visit, and my favorite part about Duluth in the north shore of Lake Superior, is it is it is this massive lake. It is uh, the largest freshwater lake in the world, um, and it significantly cools the area so like if you're on the lake the the lake uh it's not a lake you could swim in because it's like 50 degrees the the breeze coming off the lake is it just keeps the air the keeps it so it's not super hot
3: chris is going to sit in his hotel room in duluth and look out onto the lake and watch the ships go by that's what i got from that
2: that's better than what i thought i thought he was going to new jersey Because now I realize why you said get your New Jersey jokes ready. And I thought Chris was going on vacation to New Jersey when you texted that.
0: Nobody goes on vacation to New Jersey. Come on. So we're going to be at Duluth for two nights. And then we're going to meet up with my brother and and uh, his family, uh, the esteemed Haberbro, and, and my dad uh, at a place called Lutzen Resort, halfway up the North Shore. All of his kids and all your kids? Uh, All of his kids and all of my kids, all (laughs) under one roof. It's going to be great. It's going to be fabulous. Uh, At this place we went nine years ago, haven't been back since... Very excited for that. About every half an hour or so, up and down the um, north shore of Lake Superior, there's a state park where there's a cascading waterfall with trails along it. It's it's just a beautiful place to visit and to bring your kids to get a little bit of hiking, uh, get accustomed to nature. Did, and then we're going to go even further north to my family's cabin, where we, when we look across the lake, the other side of the lake is Canada. It's beautiful.
3: Did, did you say Lutzen?
0: Lutzen, yep. L-U-T-S-E-N. Lutzen Resort. That sounds
3: suspiciously Norwegian. I'm not sure how I like that. Lutzen. Uh, how long will you be gone for?
0: Long time. Um, so we're doing let's see, two nights in Duluth, four nights in Lutzen, two nights in uh, in my dad's home in Ely, and then one night at our cabin on the Canadian border. We are a counting podcast, so that would be one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine nights. So
3: that's two <laughs> weeks.
0: Uh. Not in my book, but tell me in the metric system how nine nights is
3: two weeks. I, I think it's you count the nights and the days, and it's 14.
2: <laughs> Wouldn't that be 18? You count the day as one, and then the night as another. 18 no, days, three I'm weeks. Fine. He's going to be gone for three weeks.
0: Three weeks. He's going to be gone for three weeks. Because I'm a European, and I get 17 weeks of vacation here.
3: Spooky, if one, if one were to travel to New Jersey, where would we go?
1: Well, I have a ranking, if you'd like.
3: Yes, and I would like it from worst to best. The worst of the top five.
1: Worst of the top five would be the State Aquarium in uh, Camden. And <laughs> I say it's the worst. is it The State Aquarium itself is fantastic. It's a great place. There's been a lot of money poured into it. It's right on the Camden waterfront. And that particular area, that area right there at the, the aquarium is fantastic. It's, it's all very nice, very clean, very perfect. The only problem is it's in Camden. And Camden, as much as it's improved over the past decade or so, is still a war zone. I would never in a million years suggest anyone go there, but it's a place that the state decided that it was perfect to go for. So there you it, are. So is, they're going to invest um, in there.
0: Isn't there an outdoor concert venue in Camden? Yes.
1: Yeah. Yes. Um, I don't remember the name of it because yeah. I've never bothered to try. <laughs> um,
3: what? Well, so is Camden like the worst city in New Jersey or... Well, it's competition yes. to do that in Trenton, right? But
0: Camden's pretty nope. bad. No,
1: nope. far and away, uh, Tr- uh, Camden <laughs> is the worst. It's like Camden and then Atlantic City, Trenton, Bayonne, Jersey City. Newark is a little higher up, but it's still not not recommendable.
0: <laughs> Did you
1: say Jersey City or Ocean City? Jersey City. Oh, Jersey. Okay, I was gonna say there is an Ocean City in Jersey, but yeah. it's like it's not like it's nice though, right? It's a nice place. Yeah. Oh. I mean, most shore towns—you'd be very hard-pressed to find a bad shore town.
3: Number four, number four,
1: that would be um, let's see here it would be Batstow State Forest, which is a Revolutionary Era village and and a candle making facility. They 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 have all kinds of like weird quirky stuff down there, and they've decided that this is a you know it's a nice area. It's it's okay. It's more for driving through, and it's in the middle of the Pine Barrens, which. If you know anything about the Jersey Devil, that's where he lives. And you would go to Batstow more for sightseeing and try to find a nice place to have a bed and breakfast or something like that. But a lot of people are just like, let me go down to the Pine Barrens and see the Jersey Devil,
3: you know? Question, question. So is that where the New Jersey Devils gets their name from? Yes. So what is this devil?
1: The Jersey Devil is a myth, I think. But a lot of people are like, oh, I've seen the Jersey Devil myself. Yeah, me it's a myth that you know this old lady had her 13th child um the, like some kind of like bed numerology wise day um i think it's like 13th month 13th year or something like that you know lousy smart weather and everything um the 13th and, month yeah.
3: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, uh,
1: me uh, kid comes out with uh hooved feet cloven feet and um just runs into the darkness uh, apparently has bat wings a lot of people have seen it over the past. It was like, Batman. Essentially. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, apparently they've 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 there's been a lot of internet lore that says Batman and um Gotham are actually located there's a fair amount of evidence to say it's local, Gotham's located in New Jersey too. So
0: it, it was <laughs> fair amount of evidence. Like archaeological Very or big. what?
1: Um if you yeah, look at like,
0: like the ancient city of, of Gotham is located in New Jersey.
3: Yeah, it 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 wasn't actually a devil, it was actually Ben Affleck who came out with hoofed feet and- <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> in okay. I believe it. Wait, what what did you say the state park is called?
1: Uh, it's called Batstow State uh Forest. I would say the next place would be Turtleback Zoo in Essex County, right outside of No, it actually is it's uh, it it's, it's in West Orange. Um it went from uh, like a Nonprofit. it is it's a non-profit but it's like a it used to be like a fly by night kind of roadside attraction thing to it it's pretty legitimate they, they share wait a, a second
0: wait us. a second like is this like like joe exotic went legit
1: no, no <laughs> it was actually it's always been run by um the county park system oh okay well that, i'm, I'm less
0: country. interested now
1: Oh, well, then there you go.
0: It's not based on a sex cult, is what you're saying.
1: Not that one, no. I'm sure the one in Ocean County is.
0: All right, what's the number two one? <laughs> Chris, lost, <laughs> okay. Chris lost interest um, in the
3: roadside say... attractions.
0: <laughs> let's move on. Number two. Okay,
1: fine. Uh, any of the revolutionary battlefields that we have scattered around New Jersey? It's one of those. There's George Washington's actual house in Morristown.
3: So they well, they co- they conveniently decided to fight in his garden? Like, let's nice. stop here. Let's let's have a
0: war, let's have a battle.
1: Yeah, more or less.
0: It's been a, it's been a while since we had a battle.
1: <laughs> like we can either
2: do lunch or have a battle. What do You, want
0: to do? <laughs> the, uh, you mentioned Morristown. Fun fact: uh, Haber Dad was born in Morristown. Oh, there you go. Yeah.
1: Now, now, which I know, I know, JVL makes a very distinct difference here. Is it Morristown or Morristown? I okay. Am- yeah. So, so
0: JVL from Morristown, right? In the yes. south. Yeah, um, Morristown in the north is where my dad was born.
1: Okay, I'm from Cherry Hill, which is right around like I want to say it's uh, it's bordering with Morristown. So like most of the stuff he's been talking about over the god knows how long he's been doing the show, I'm like sitting there listening like oh my god, I've I've actually seen these places. I know this. Stuff, the, so you're the- so
0: you're from the south.
1: Yes, I'm, yeah, okay. from, and and technically speaking, I'm from south of the Mason-Dixon line because apparently it runs straight through New Jersey.
0: And, and so, so do you associate more with Philly, or since you've been up north so long, you're more of a New Yorker?
1: <laughs> I'm the only one in my family who still associates with Philly.
0: Okay,
1: I I'm a I'm an Eagles fan. I'm a Flyers fan. I'm a Phillies fan, and everyone else in my family, and it has actually come to like blows before. And they're all Giants, Yankees, Mets. Most of them in my family are Devils fans.
3: When on the sub-beacon... They talk about rest stops in New Jersey. You're like, this. This is for me. I know these places.
1: I've, I've actually I've been to each one of those. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like in a in a Jim McGreevy sense, or I know the one which Jim McGreevy was found actually.
1: Okay. Um, that that's around here, I think. I've been through the Howard Stern bathroom.
0: Uh... I, don't, I don't know what that means. <laughs>
3: that's just that's just his studio. <laughs> oh.
0: Okay. It definitely is. Yeah. Okay. Number one attraction in all of New Jersey is. Any
1: short town, really, but I would say, I would say
0: specifically, this is like this is like Sunny on the Halloween draft. Anything king size,
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm taking all beaches, (laughs) no, um, specifically Wildwood Crest because it is the it's 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 simultaneously the best place to like congregate, it's also the least expensive cuz it's right at the tip of the state and all the boardwalks end there basically all roads lead there and you're you can literally see Cape May from most places there it's not so much a historic neighborhood because it's been flooded and torn down and built up so many times that you don't have any building there older than about 20 or 30 years but it the beaches are amazing they're very long very gorgeous place the last time I was down there was back in twenty seventeen and I managed to do a lot of you know sightseeing, more so than I would have expected. So of of the short towns, I would say that's the best one.
0: Okay. All right, question. Is it true, is there any veracity to the rumor that um, when they were deciding on which goes what what goes on each state quarter, that there's a grassroots campaign to put Snooky on the New Jersey state quarter?
1: There was about as much talk of that as there was that, you know, people were going to put her <laughs> on the state flag that's that's <laughs> which is to say there's really a lot they of they were going to do both a lot
0: of yeah, they're going to do both okay all right thanks yeah, that's they were going to do both yeah like, like i um, i assumed that 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 you pledge allegiance to her at all State Functions, and, Absolutely um,
1: not and... Those guys are all from, like... Those guys are all from New York. I want to say the one person who wasn't... What the hell is he uh, Jay Wow, I think, is, like, from Nutley, and that's it.
0: Okay, but, but you I do... But mostly York. you do watch Jersey Shore? Or did, no. did watch?
1: No, okay. I never did. My my, sis, my brothers and sisters all watched that. Well, your and name think... and
0: names is if, as if you know these characters. And the only one I know well, is I, Snooki. You probably can't
2: help <laughs> from, but
1: know them.
0: No, <laughs> no, 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 no. I guess I also know there's someone called... Who calls himself... The situation.
1: So I know about the situation only because my brothers tended to like, you know, act like him a lot. They're like, you know, we got a situation going on here. Okay. Well, what does that mean? Oh, this guy. Okay. Well,
2: <laughs> was he the one? Cause Jim Rome used to talk about one of them, like all the time. And I used to listen to Jim Rome sports show.
0: Of course you did. Like
2: 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> the, so that's, I think that was the one that he would talk about. I think that's where I know the name from.
3: Transition away from the Garden State. Uh, <laughs> I last week. Now we're going to talk day. about
2: Garden State, the movie, right? The <laughs> opening of the movie is Orlando Bloom is a shoe designer, and he designed this revolutionary style no, of, of, of shoe. Oh, no, no, no. What am I thinking of? I'm thinking of Elizabeth Town. Uh, uh,
0: okay. I was going to anyway, say, I thought was, I thought it was a garden, Love garden Story state, between Zach Garden Braff State, Braff uh,
2: and... yeah, Garden State, Zach Braff, uh, Elizabeth Town,
0: directed by Zach Braff.
2: Elizabethtown is the one where Orlando Bloom is a shoe designer and he designs what is, we never see it, but what is supposed to be a revolutionary shoe design, which I don't know what that is, but it fails. It completely flops. And so, because of this like apparently if you design an <laughs> issue so and it flops it you like, are a okay. national joke like everybody like if you design <laughs> like
0: everybody <laughs>, laughs at you everybody is laughs no at you. And, there's no greater shame than flopping an issue
2: design so he co the he's a, he's like gonna kill himself and um it, i mean like to be to be fair how do you come back oh, from how that how do you how would how would you kill yourself because the way that he did it he's a designer i would build he a has, suicide machine he has, he's welded a huge butcher knife onto an exercise bike and you know it's one of those exercise bikes where the handles go forward and back as you pedal and so it, like as you pedal the knife will be jabbed <laughs> into your chest <laughs> and so he's sitting on it getting ready to do it and then he gets a call for the rest of the movie to start this kind of, this kind of what makes me
0: want to watch this movie even
3: though oh it like that reviewed.
2: that opening scene is like the opening 10 minutes or however much it is into it it's totally just to see it because he's testing it like you see you see the knife like going back and forth as as he's like working the pedals and he's like all right yeah that works so he's about to do it then he gets a call and they're like oh no we have to do like another 90 minutes of movie so you can't kill yourself
3: what 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 happened to just dropping a toaster in the tub
2: he's like, a designer that wouldn't have been
3: on that cheerful note everyone should watch garden state transition So the other day, I scolded Ryan and said that we weren't going to do politics. I just wanted to say the past few days on Twitter, one of the things that I've noticed is that there are a lot of people out there, and they they shall remain nameless, that have decided that David and Nancy French apparently are the most awful human beings on the planet. David and Nancy French, I don't know them. I've heard of them. I have mutual friends, but I've never met them. They seem like the sweetest and mm-hmm. kindest people on the mm-hmm. face of the planet. Just Absolutely. fundamentally decent, yeah. This is why Twitter is bad. Yeah. Well, and the, the
0: problem is that either cruel, ignorant, or illiterate people jump on them and don't take responsibility for their own ignorance, illiteracy, or stupidity. So so this woman was like, how was I supposed to know that Nancy French was essentially molested by her, by her pastor? like nancy French like that it, it, that was public because um she wrote something in the Washington post about it where if you actually read it, she talks about kind of the power dynamic of it where she thought she was in love, but she was twelve years old, you know, and this is an adult, and it 's this awful thing that happened to her. The critics say is that she fooled around with her pastor when in fact she she was a predator took advantage of her as as a minor. You don't get the high ground if you don't know what happened. Like so, when you say when you make horrible claims about Nancy French fooling around with her pastor, uh, because you don't know the whole story, that's on you. Not it's like it's not somehow Nancy French's fault for not being clear enough. And that's yeah. kind of the odd thing about yeah. the, the, what, what happened on Twitter over the last few days is that they're like, they claimed like zero responsibility to actually read the article that she wrote before, before claiming that Nancy French is a monster.
3: Transition to something more cheerful. Ryan, how are your neighbors doing?
2: Um, I think they're okay. <laughs> but again, I think that everybody just posts on nest next door... Like, is it is just a joke? I don't think there's any serious posts on Nextdoor. <laughs> so here's one that I replied to, actually, because this lady, she's very upset. The title is, this is from Michelle. The title is Neighbor Not Mowing Lawn. What can be done about a neighbor who won't mow his lawn? I would pay the guy who mows our lawn to do it, but don't want to get in trouble. The guy, The guy is rarely seen outside his home. The grass or weeds are 12 inches tall. And uh, she's taking serious replies, and she's replied a bunch of times. I think there's only one response, which I replied to her, which was a die-in.
3: <laughs> post a
2: die-in on his front front lawn.
3: She it, replied
2: it, to my post with, like, a crying emoji. Like, not the laughing crying, but, the, <laughs> yeah, like, the sad one.
3: Well, I, I, head I, head th- I, I think that you have the right idea, but if you held a die-in at the lows... That would be more impactful.
2: Somebody buy this guy a mower at Lowe's so that he can mow his grass because it's really annoying me. Then some people like apparently seem to think that like next door, I don't know if they don't have trash service in their neighborhoods or what it is because they seem to think that like if you have trash, if you put it on next door, like, Someone will come pick it up. So, I
3: well, like to post photos of the trash. Or
2: so um, this one is disposal of small stuff. How do we dispose? <laughs> how do we dispose of old pillows and uh, little uh, rugs and uh, little other cut up pieces of carpet from around the house? Does anybody want these? They're free to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> what?
3: They're trying to give them away.
2: Yeah, I mean, like, you know, you've got... If you've got, like, a bath mat that you've only used for, like, three or four years,
3: <laughs> somebody else
2: might want that. So, you know, you just, just try it. See what happens. Toilet seat. Used birthday cards? Well, yes. <laughs> Other pe- people are... I mean, that's thing is not crazy because people are looking for a used toilet seat yeah. on next door. Used birthday cards. Does anybody know of a specific place that takes used birthday cards? I've almost... <laughs> 3, what do you mean takes them? What do you mean takes them? I, well, you know, the trash won't take them. She's put them in the trash. Like, who knows how many times she set them out in her garbage. And the garbage is like, no, these are birthday cards again. We don't take this. You got resi- to turn the used birthday cards into the right place. Or, or, like, people using them. Like, oh, my gosh. I didn't want to have to fill out the card. And so, let me just get the Here you maybe go, she, son. It
3: says happy 100th birthday. Maybe she thinks it's just like batteries? Like you need to deposit yeah. them somewhere special.
1: Birthday cards? <laughs> I mean, seriously, wouldn't you just like throw that in the trash or like a shredder if you're really that concerned? Like I, apparently, I don't think that's what I'm devil. thinking. They
2: must just not have trash service. Well you know, and
0: like, I think I think the shredder the I'm, I'm assuming the shredders don't take them either. Like, like they'll kind of scan them and they'll be like, "No, right. we can't." It scans we can't. them like, "Oh, no, this is sorry, a birthday dude. card.
2: Can't, yeah, can't, uh, can't, 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 can't shred this." No, that's the only three I had for today.
3: I don't know. They all sounded like maybe they're jokes, but they also sound <laughs> like they could be possible. <laughs> like it's people nice, are dumb.
1: I, I mean,
2: the thing is, like, I so I'll, a lot of times I click on the profile of the person who's in it and or who posted in. You know, if it's like a, a middle-aged woman, I'm like, she's probably serious about this.
1: So basically you scan it and look for a Karen. If you find a Karen, you're like, okay, it's serious.
2: <laughs> and profiling for Karens. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's what Stop and Frisk was really about.
1: <laughs> oh, God.
3: Transition. For this week, we have watched uh, Michael Bay's favorite movie. He actually said that. This is the favorite out of the Mm -hmm. ones that he's done. We have watched The Rock, which is a 1996 action flick starring Nick Cage in the lead. Hang on.
2: Is Nick Cage in the lead? Because on the poster, there's like a a uh, tri-headed poster. And Sean Connery is right in the middle, pointing a gun at your face so nick cage is off to the side and then ed harris is a little smaller than nick than nick cage off to the other side
0: maybe how how big is michael bean's head on the poster
2: they just have his dead body
3: if you can spoil a movie from 1996 we're gonna spoil a movie from 1996 if you haven't watched it by now you're gonna
2: be shocked at what happens
3: (laughs) (laughs) there is nothing too unexpected that happens in this movie can 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 we say that it's pretty it's pretty straightforward and, and that's what's great about
0: Michael sure. Bay movies is is very satisfying. Like the bad guys lose, the good guys win. Not only that, but you get to kill the bad guys in really satisfying ways.
3: The, the plot is fairly simple in The Rock. So you have Ed Harris, who is a general who has participated in a bunch of military operations.
2: From uh, Vietnam to Desert Storm.
3: Uh, he did three tours in Vietnam, actually. Three. Three. The most
2: Uh, decorated brigadier general, I think is what they said. Francis X. Hummel.
3: Would you say that he's a hero?
2: Yeah. He starts off as a hero, but he lived long enough to become the villain.
3: (laughs) 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 I was trying to reference the scene where they are discussing him and someone asks...
2: So he's a Would you he say he's a hero? He's a legend.
3: Anyway, so so he's disgruntled. He's upset at the military because they haven't compensated the families of soldiers that have died abroad. In, in black operations.
2: operations. Yeah. In soldiers who are, you know, performing technically illegal actions that no, they I've, tell I've them heard. before they go. If you die, we will not, you know, we will not claim uh, responsibility or if you're caught or whatever it is.
0: One of the things that angered him also was in Desert Storm. That didn't seem illegal, but that, like, they just right, kind I of abandoned abandoned could've. guys in, in who did, like, preliminary work making the invasion possible. And they did, they did nothing to compensate the widows. But
2: he, I, I have a question. Why they wouldn't have.
0: I have a question. Um, In, in opening the movie, he visits his wife's grave. Mm hmm. In yeah. in a military cemetery, is that kind of alleging that she was in the military? Or um, if you are a in the military, you have your family buried in a
2: military cemetery?
3: I oh, would guess the latter, but I don't know.
2: I don't know about that. I don't think you bury spouses.
3: I don't think either. Michael Bay's movies are that
2: deep. <laughs> we have to show a military <laughs> a cemetery, all right? And we don't have time for two cemetery scenes. This has got to be it.
3: The Rock had a budget of $75 million, which was Michael Bay's most expensive movie to date. So The Rock had a $75 million budget. It pulled in $335 million. His previous movie, Bad Boys, had a budget of $19 million. Wow. And pulled in 141 million. This
2: was 75 million dollars. All of the seven, effects yeah. and all the stuff they had in this. I thought you said 90 Three million. True Lies, no, seven, 75 million. Oh, True okay. Lies was 25 million dollars more than this movie. <laughs> and they didn't and, do near the number of explosions and stuff that they did in in this movie.
3: Well, it's expensive to blow up Alcatraz. Yeah. Anyway, so the movie starts with the cemetery, and then
0: yeah, so so uh, it's it's raining. Of course, you can never visit a cemetery. It it was, the thing is,
2: it wasn't raining when they did the when they did the wide shot of the cemetery. <laughs> but it, it started raining as soon as he got out of the car. Yeah.
3: <laughs> is this a thing in movies, like rain in oh, yeah. cemeteries? Oh yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. I've never thought of this because you're crying.
3: Oh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so he visits the grave. He's got flowers and he lays down one of it an uh, award of his. It's, mm-hmm. it's, not a, it's not a bronze star. Is it maybe gold star? Did they listed all down? the
2: awards he had at one point. Yeah, yeah. So,
1: he had a lot. How, of them. He, how
2: he ranked him, but, maybe, but he it laid... his, maybe it was his least favorite, or maybe it was his favorite. <laughs> I doubt it was one of the middle ones, right? Because it's like, like I either, didn't really want either, this one. I anyway, don't care about this one, or this is my most cherished. And he's not going to be like, man, this one. I don't. I mean, it's pretty good, but whatever. We get the plot
0: described to us. Uh You know, all my life I've been tr- you know tried to be honorable, but I hope you're still proud of me. I've got to do something. That you might think is bad, it, it, but it's necessary. And and then we see uh, him leading, kind of. a... So he he goes into a building labeled a Navy Arms Depot, because anywhere you store weapons, you want the public to know where where that is. So you label your buildings because there's no other way of conveying to the viewer that that important weapons are stored here. And it just reminds me, um, in but stop at
2: uh, Fort Secret Weapons Lab. <laughs> <laughs>
0: The uh, Harper's Ferry has been discussed often um, among people we know a few weeks ago because uh, a few people we know think it's um, an amazing place to visit, an amazing place to live. I don't understand what's great about it. I guess there's, there's like stuff, outdoor stuff to do. And then today it came up because people were talking about John Brown's raid um, before the Civil War on uh, a weapons depot. Of course, back then it was, it was known as a weapons depot and John Brown um, raided it in an attempt to arm a um, kind of private militia to, to free the slaves in a, in a failed attempt. Uh, it just made me think about that.
3: This whole opening sequence, I think is good because it does two main things. It mm-hmm. introduces Hamel. it gives him a motive for doing what he's doing, and it also displays how the weapon works when they leave one of his guys behind mm-hmm. and he melts down, or whatever exactly it is that this poison does. wasn't entirely clear to me. Uh, oh, oh, really?
2: It, it's not because it melts your skin, but if you inject something into your heart, that stops the gas from melting your from skin. From melting your skin? Well, yeah, isn't it? I don't know about that. Are you kidding me? I'm just well, what kidding. what don't you understand? Of course, understand? I'm, kidding. Of course okay. I'm kidding. That All makes right. sense. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. uh,
2: because, like, so like so then we see Nicolas Cage, and who's the guy in the lab with him?
0: Like, some sort of trainee. I, I don't know who it was. Doesn't yeah, matter. I know the actor of the movie.
2: is in a lot of other stuff, though. And they're, and
0: they're told there's a suspicious package, which, you know, you ought to handle with care. Uh, and so they suit up, and they go into this, special chamber to, to inspect this package, um, which was like a care package to a refugee camp that looked really sketchy. Like, um, hey, refugees, we want to help you.
2: Nicholas Cage is narrating. This is Special Agent Godspeed or Goodspeed with uh, Special Agent trainee Isherwood. Uh, so they start opening it and they're really carefully. And then there's like there's a gas mask and there's like a toy baby in it. Isherwood starts like working the baby's arms and saying, hey, hello. So my question is, like, why is Agent Isherwood pretending like this is his first day? I mean, not like the first day on the job, but like his first day as an adult. (laughs) I mean, is this like a big situation? Is he like a 12-year-old in like a 30-year-old's body? Even if you're training, I'm pretty sure you're not going to like be playing with the stuff. (laughs) That's probably like day one. All right. If there's toys in, in the package, don't play with them.
3: In this entire scene, where some gas starts to leak out of the doll, they tell them to, to like inject themselves with the—is it called As atrophy it, or it's, what's
0: the? It's a—it's uh, the magic syringe that ma- you put in your heart, and then the the corrosive gas that melts your skin doesn't melt right. Your skin. So it's
2: like eating—it's eating, eating Isherwood's gloves. I don't know why it's not eating away at Nicholas Cage's face? suit. And they're telling him inject it right into your heart. Inject it into your heart. OK, so it's going to like eat through his suit and then it'll stop at his skin if he injects it. Like, does this injection give you like some kind of force field like that? Never. I remember I didn't even question this one. I'm this is another know, movie I've seen, like know. I've seen like, you know, 20 times. And this was the first time I was ever like, wait a second. <laughs> it's eating away at his. How does injecting himself <laughs> stop it?
3: Look, it uh, it doesn't it doesn't have to make sense. The the main point here is that he is not going to inject himself with a needle that is that big.
0: No. It's massive and you got to, like stab yourself in the heart. It's terrible. Cuz you have
2: to get through the breastplate uh, to get to the heart <laughs> and all that stuff. So, yeah, you don't want to have to you don't want to have to do that.
3: Stanley Goodspeed uh, manages to disable the bomb and in the next or a disable the gas and in the next scene no, also see- the
2: bomb there was a bomb that there was oh, enough okay. explosives there to take out the whole building the entire building
3: yeah okay but we learned that nick cage is pretty awesome at what he does mm-hmm. and in the well, next. well he's is,
0: he's is, is a combination biochemist and bomb diffuser like rocket expert
3: and in the next scene he is sitting naked in his room playing the banjo
2: yeah listening to his Beatles. Uh, this giant CD he got. It was he ordered like a really huge CD. Well, I thought it was a download well, code. So oh, the, was that okay? So it was just a poster
3: with a download code on yeah. it. Yeah. So yeah. the the reason that this scene exists, uh, according to Michael Bay, is that Michael Bay knew that Nick Cage wanted to show off his body. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why it is in the movie. He's not
2: in that great of shape. I mean, he's in good shape for an average person, but he's not ripped. He's just no. like kind of lean, and then like there's. <laughs> it's yeah, insane. Well... So it was most of Nicolas Cage's dialogue is ad libbed. The Zeus's butthole line was ad libbed, and Michael Bay wanted You're to. You're kidding it. me.
0: You're kidding me. That was Michael Bay.
2: Like they fought Nicholas Cage and Michael Bay fought over that line. Like Cage wanted it in and Bay was like, this is stupid. I'm cutting this. (laughs) He got (laughs) it in. He demanded it.
3: There, There are also scenes where Nick Cage would literally write down his lines on like a note card and then bring the note card out and shoot the movie while reading from. From the note yeah.
2: cards. Yeah, it was Cage's idea that the car- that Goodspeed didn't curse. And that <laughs> would say things like, gee whiz, and stuff
0: like
3: yeah, that. Gee whiz. <laughs> so,
0: so, guys, I'm going to say something that once you hear it, I don't think you can unhear it. Um, uh, and, and so, like, I want you to go back and watch the opening uh, of this movie. And, and Nick Cage, basically, up until things get critical, he sounds like he's doing an Owen Wilson impression. It's as if Nick Cage met Owen Wilson at a party and was like, I like the way you talk and I'm going to steal it for this movie because you'll never be famous and
2: no one will ever know. I wrote down, what accent is he doing? <laughs> <laughs> but that is what it is because Owen Wilson is from Texas, but he doesn't have a typical Texas. He has a bit of a the southern accent with his weird speaking mannerisms, and it's yeah, Nick Cage is doing an Owen Wilson impression.
1: He's like, "Wow, wow!"
2: I wrote down "Wow." Wrote, like, <laughs> why do he say "Wow" like that?
0: Well, I mean, once it gets critical, then he starts, you know, doing the whole like I talk at different volumes randomly. You know, <laughs> can yeah. you give me a
3: freaking break?
0: Or is that the
3: line?
2: Uh, Something about a break.
3: So when the movie moves on, it becomes clear that the FBI is obviously, they're going to select Nick Cage to go to the island and do some things. uh, And they're going to pair him up together with this, this federal prisoner, uh, John Mason. But I I, I wanted to focus a little bit on the scene where Nick Cage receives the news that he has to leave. Mm -hmm. And it's him and his then girlfriend on Mm -hmm. the roof. uh, What do read they the doing the thing, okay.
0: Doing the do thing, and what what song are they doing the thing to?
2: I assume it's a Beatles song. I no,
0: it's it's Rocket Man.
2: Oh,
0: because oh. <laughs> <laughs> we get a payoff at the end of the movie with Rocket Man. Yeah,
2: but, okay, but,
0: yeah. I but but,
3: but so my my only point here is that I never want to see another Nick Cage sex scene again. Yeah, he, <laughs> like that was
2: like, uncomfortable. He's like,
1: he like, he just away. like.
2: He's like saying some weird stuff. Like, yeah, that's naughty. You're really like, is very awkward. Uh, yeah. It made me think like, this is what it's like. This well, is how he is in real life. Well, and and
3: his, his, his girlfriend, who is about to turn into his fiance, tells him that she's pregnant too. And on the roof, she has a freak out and says that I am Catholic and pregnant and unmarried. This causes a serious problem for me.
0: But that's after she was doing the thing with him. Yeah. After they're done doing the thing, yeah.
3: Well, that's how you celebrate that you're going to have a baby. She's like, how do you get pregnant?
0: <laughs> because I can't be pregnant in Catholic and unwed. Yeah. I also find, find it interesting... And really, I, I don't like how condescending uh, Michael Bay is to the viewer, but just the way he tells the story of, like, labeling the, the you know, the, the Naval Weapons Depot. And, and um... so Ed Harris and his crew lock a bunch of hostages Inside 81 hostages inside the the, the prison, set up missiles aimed at the city and and basically take over the rock. At which point he turns to the the Marines with him and he says, everyone's going to get a (laughs) million dollars. We're going to send you to a country without an extradition treaty, but you can never set foot on U.S. soil again. Can you live with that? So after they've done the crime, he turns to them and he's like, all right, are you guys good with this? Can you live with that? It's,
3: it's, it's too late now.
2: I mean, you can stop now and not get the million dollars.
3: Can we introduce Sean Connery now? So in this team that's going to have Stanley Goodspeed or Nick Cage on it as the bioweapons specialist, they also need to figure out a way to get into Alcatraz. And how do you get into Alcatraz? Well, you need no the knows. advice of the only person who's broken out of Alcatraz.
2: Sure, because I mean getting in is the same as getting out. I mean, that's the way it is in prison. Like you can't get into a prison. <laughs> like you can't just walk into a prison. That's not how it works. You can't you can't walk out, you can't walk in. You know. Gotta break it. Looking at the blueprints doesn't do any good because it's I'm been gonna... rebuilt so many times and apparently at some point they just stopped using <laughs> blueprints. They're <laughs> just like, fuck it. Just do it. Just do it.
3: There is a lot of stuff underneath Alcatraz, <laughs> including a mine. A mine? Yeah, there's yeah.
0: mine car on on, <laughs> on rails, yes. All, all these tunnels uh, and lots of water, just a lot of water dripping and standing water, and they're walking through it as if it's
3: purified water. There's got to be mold um,
2: everywhere. I'd um, imagine to a pretty nasty place. <laughs> People should not be <laughs> touring no. <laughs> it. Uh,
3: Sean Connery's character is currently in prison, so they have to get him out of prison and convince him to do this with them uh, in order to save san francisco
2: he's been in prison for 33 years and they he's like a a a person that doesn't exist they have disappeared him because he stole j edgar hoover's um microfilm
0: microfilm Microfilm Microfilm.
2: yeah microfilm who that had dirt on everybody just everybody the jfk the the jfk landing the alien assassination
0: (laughs) I love all the conspiracies in this movie. So there's like all these conspiracies that are on this microfilm, but also the government is clearly selling arms and putting it in a slush fund, and that's mm-hmm. that's what Ed Harris wants. He said, Just, "It's not going to cost the taxpayers money. Just like use this one, uh, like Cayman Islands account that's already got hundred, hundreds of millions of dollars in it that only the generals know about." So like,
2: right. I know it's there.
0: FBI director. So this isn't national security. This is FBI for some reason, um, and and yeah. he has a direct line to the FBI director. That's who. Ed Harris calls right away. Right. FBI, Weeks and he up. gets the generals and some guy, some some young guy from from uh, the chief of staff from the president's office. You know, lots uh, of conspiracies.
3: Uh, Sean Connery is already a movie star, but this is Michael Bay's second movie. Previously, he's done like, commercials and stuff, and he's done mm-hmm. the first Bad Boys movie, but this is his first major movie. And during the during the filming of it, he refers to. Sean Connery as Mr. Sean the first time that he has to give him direction. And apparently Connery was not really appreciative of said director. And he (laughs) said, somewhere later on, uh, Bay conceded that the the word fuckhead might have been used coming out of Sean Connery's mouth. There there was some tension between leading man uh, and Uh, director for this movie. uh,
2: Connery insisted that they build a cabin on Alcatraz Island during shooting. So that he could didn't have to go back and forth, and they did it because they have no choice.
0: That's outstanding. Yeah. I watched this movie in the theater. I did not watch a lot of movies in the theaters growing up. I just happened to be uh, staying with a friend that night, and we went into town um, to to a, a neighboring town, to a small town one screen uh, theater, and and watched this, and it hit us right where. Like, right in, uh, like, the sweet spot. Like, we were the right age for this. And everything Mm, about this movie was the coolest thing. From, like, um, him messing up his Ferrari... Uh, not his Ferraris, taking a Ferrari, driving around San Francisco, and then, like, the guy being like, dude, you effed up your Ferrari. Like, that was a big laugh line. But also, like, it was – it seemed super badass when Sean Connery is being interrogated. Uh, he 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 stomps on the on the quarter, draws the circle, and just bashes through. And um, I remember looking forward uh, just yesterday when I watched this, looking forward to that scene and being very underwhelmed by it,
2: you know? I know it was really not like you remember is it being like just such a such a masterful performance like right. showing off how smart he is like he he had like they show like in his cell they show us his books and one of them says Shakespeare it's like oh we know he's smart he's got Shakespeare.
0: the one that, uh, that I, I saw was Sun Tzu the art of war yeah
3: <laughs> how do you guys like the car chase scene through the streets of San Francisco I
0: mean, I mean, so 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 Michael Bay has this kind of trope where like, uh, it's not just it's not enough to have a a, a car chase. You also have to like show like um something very pleasant, you know, like like a, a class holding hands walking down the street
2: <laughs> or a <laughs> like... wheelchair basketball team <laughs> rolling across. <it. laughs>
0: so so you show uh, maybe thirty seconds a minute, two minutes ahead of time, kind of the peaceful thing that's going to be about to be disrupted, right? Yeah and he did that about five times you know yeah, we see a street just, car we see all of, <laughs> all of them here's the thing and you we're like be- who, like who's he gonna run it to next oh th- them okay <laughs>
3: So Michael Bay has his style, which is like, like the quick and dirty editing or whatever, like quick and messy, whatever you want to call it. And action So scenes, many
0: cuts, so many cuts.
3: And, and it's so, like, it's not well done like when Guy Ritchie no, does it. No, it is just no. messy. And so yeah. you have the car chase scene, you have the shootout in the shower room and so on, or any other action scene that Michael Bay shoots. I have no idea what's going on.
2: Right, and, yeah. He and like that. in the car- chase scene like there's so many times when he cuts from different angles the car is like in completely different like (laughs) you're like the ferrari it's a yellow ferrari so like even though it's cutting quick you're gonna notice where the yellow ferrari is and it cuts back it's the ferrari is in so many different places from cut to cut like just like out of place or it's further back than where it was in the last cut and it's just like whatever it there's gonna be an explosion who cares? He like he has he clearly had no like he had no time to like make sure like the any continuity stuff like made sense in the cuts. And
0: again, Michael Bay is so condescending to the viewer who's like, he the, the viewer would not understand anything right. unless we explained it. So they have someone be uh, so Sean Connery's like running into a bunch of stuff and he's like, they're he's trying to hit everything you know <laughs> to kind of stop to block the guy's us.
2: Trying to hit everything in sight to block us. <laughs> As if we are like,
0: too dumb to notice oh, that.
2: I thought, oh, he's not just how to a drive. terrible driver. <laughs> yeah.
0: As far as the Michael Bay, um, they call it the Michael Bay shot now. So many, like when they walk into the hotel, the, like the camera never stops moving.
3: Mm-mm.
0: So even if there's action, if people are moving, so I understand if someone's standing still, there's this famous Michael Bay shot where he'll kind of swirl or go mm-hmm. diagonally. But even when people are walking, when there's movement, the camera is moving. And I've... I am not someone who's prone to motion sickness, but I was literally nauseated by this movie. Watching this movie made me sick.
3: They managed to convince Sean Connery to go with them and then go to the island. Uh, oh, whoa,
0: whoa, they... whoa. We're not done with the car chase. Sean Connery answers the phone, the car phone in the middle of the car chase, because this was says, the era where there, you have car phones that stay in your car.
2: Why did you steal my Hummer? He says, I'm only borrowing your Humvee. <laughs> because remember when, like, Rich people would drive not Hummers, but they would drive actual yes, hum, military right. Humvees, and that was like a sign of status. Like, let me drive this vehicle that has a terrible ride. It just looks insanely large on uh, normal streets.
0: I don't. I don't think Ryan. Would you give a guy a Hummer? I don't think it, you just you lend I'd, it, bo- but I don't I'd think borrow someone. Give
2: him- I'd borrow someone a Hummer. Okay. If, if they ask nice
0: uh and and sean connery you know another line that i probably laughed at as a teenager uh he knocks down a power line and do you guys remember what he this, shouted out the window i hope
2: you're insured
0: <laughs> who's he yelling this to
2: I don't know. did he mean the police or the cars or like the city like for the power <laughs> line?
3: we establish that uh, he has a daughter in town that he escapes and goes to see we established that nick cage has his now fiance with their baby on the way also in town in downtown San Francisco and then they arrive on Alcatraz and they have this this sort of motivation to keep going right like that's what all of that is mm-hmm. supposed to because be right. they're
2: right. going to fire one of the rockets full of into the chemical weapon into San Francisco which will kill 70,000 people or or so, everyone Or 70,000.
3: I mean, each rocket is going to kill 70,000 people, and we are going to just launch all of them. So each
2: rocket is like half of a pandemic.
3: That's how we measure things now.
1: We have achieved our position through poise, precision, and audacity. To this, we must now add resolve. We'll be branded as traitors, gravest capital crime,
2: punishable by death. A couple hundred years ago, a few guys named Washington, Jefferson, and Adams branded as traitors by the british and now they're called patriots in
3: time so shall we
2: god willing in less than 48 hours you will evacuate this island in gunships under cover of hostages and vx gas warheads your destination a non-extradition treaty country you will each be paid a fee of one million dollars for services rendered but you can never again set foot on your native soil
0: Did you guys like the video game thing that they needed to go through to get into Alcatraz? Once they got, once oh, they got, we had
2: to time the,
0: the <laughs> ka chunk, ka chunk, and then the flames coming out. Like, right. like, what were these Why flames from?
2: Like, what is? So, <laughs> what is this, what's the what's the engineering
3: purpose <laughs> of this? <laughs> so, they Bay, Bay actually admitted afterwards. He was like. He, he he told a reporter that there ma- there's a major logic flaw in the movie. Like, why why are the boilers working on the rock when this island has been used for years? Right, right. He answers his own question and says,
0: "Screw it, it's entertaining." That that seems to be his his mo is, "Screw it, it's entertaining." Like, why are why is this thing deep in the bowels of like this? I'd imagine this is like 400 feet below the surface. They've got this cut chunk, ka chunk, yeah, you know, this flame
2: coming down. But yeah, it's a I, cool scene, though. I mean, it's oh, I just, still, like, very cool. it, when he comes back and opens the door, you know, welcome to the rock. Like, like all right. And Because the, the Navy SEALs are like, that guy's dead. He just committed suicide right in front of us.
3: The Navy SEAL team gets destroyed. Yeah, by they go Memphis
2: into the shower room. Harris. Because, because uh, you know, both sides have their, you know, military experts and both the defending force and the attacking force have both identified the shower room as the weak point of entry, and so of course that's where they go. But that's also where they've set up their because John C McGinley has he has off the market uh, mm-hmm. uh, in, intrusion detection stuff that he built himself.
0: Yeah, Doctor no Doctor Cox. Um, yeah, Doctor Cox was in, was you know let it all hang out in the shower room and. Um, put that special uh, motion sensor there w- w- so, with with you know with a laser as as kind of a deception to be like oh well, we think that's detecting oh, it, but it's oh actually... the laser
2: just block the laser but there's a backup that when you block through laser then you...
0: but oh. I mean the, the the big thing that the Navy SEALs who are breaking in didn't realize is that the Marines they had the high ground
3: yeah you have the
2: high <laughs> there makes it clear twice
3: <laughs> <laughs> good Navy SEALs have no chance of surviving they're all killed including the guy who when the fighting was almost over decided to stick his head up yeah yeah uh, he's also he, has, killed.
2: he was in uh, crimson tide he's the comic book guy in crimson tide the uh, the one that denzel washington yells at for getting a fight over silver surfer
3: next week on the sseu podcast we're doing a submarine episode it is up to sean connery and Nick Cage to decide whether they are going to fulfill this mission or not. And this is the part of the movie where there are some great lines, right, Chris?
0: Well, yeah. I mean, before we get to those great lines, um, they're just like yelling at each other. And um, so like everyone else died, they survived. And and instead of being like, we should be quiet um, so we don't get killed, they're just shouting at each other. And so the bad guys hear them, they drop a grenade, and that's not sufficient. So... They also drop a um. They drop a backdraft down on them.
2: They they had them in their sights. They're like, there they are. There's two of them. We could shoot them from right here. Drop a backdraft.
0: They drop something about the size of a very small gas can. It has enough firepower to like travel 700 feet down these tubes uh, and get to the guys. Do you talk about the bad lines, Thomas? Which no, as, I said as, great as, lines. As a as a teenager, I just thought all of these were great. Um, and so my my big issue with the movie is is just how how condescending he is as a director in in holding our hand, but also just in just the adolescent dialogue, including. So you mentioned the shower room that that may, reminded me of Sean Connery who talked about how bad prison was. Do you guys remember this? Where um, there's constant threat of gang rape, avoiding uh, gang rape in the shower.
3: <clears throat> and then yeah, do you remember it- what he said? Do you remember what he says next? It wasn't as bad when he got
0: older. <laughs> he said, it's not as bad. Maybe I'm losing my sex appeal. So you got to throw in a joke about gang rape.
2: Right. And, that's and what how... gang rape is about. It's about sex appeal.
0: <laughs> right. And then there's the, the memorable line uh, where this is. So this is kind of like the Yoda line. There is no try. There is only do. <laughs> Nicholas Cage says he's going to try. He's like, oh, no. He says, I'll do my best. And Sean Connery yeah. says, your best. Losers always whine about their best. Winners go home and screw the pom- prom queen. And then, to which uh, Nick Cage retorts, "Carla was the prom queen." So, so zing! He, said, he goes up. He goes up. A
2: he goes up a mark in Sean Connery's book
0: yeah. for some reason. <laughs> yeah, also, this this must have been an era. It, um, the the, the, you know, the the satisfying teen thing is to kill your kill the bad guys in really satisfying ways. So, at one point, uh, Nick Cage shoves one of the poison balls in in the guy's mouth. He has some line that accompanies it, like, eat this, you mother effer, or something. Uh, but the other guy, he says, you're the rocket man, and fires a rocket at him. <laughs> kind, of, kind of like when Arnold said, you're fired, and fired a guy off with a rocket.
2: There so, there was a, in the 90s, there was a lot of people dying by being hung on rockets <laughs> that were fired.
0: The, the last thing is, I like the realism of, of the planes coming in for the strike, of how they waited to launch the missiles until there were... Right on top of of Elcatraz, like they didn't launch That's the missiles great. from any distance away. No, they, they waited didn't. until they're right on top of it.
2: Yeah, you wanna you wanna be like very low, <laughs> right over it.
0: This, I mean, a missile only has enough fuel for like six seconds. gonna be
1: what? How do you like your choices? I don't. So I thought. Come on this parlor, Alcatraz. Oh, to... Did you know
3: it was originally a Civil War fork?
1: Oh, really? Oh huh. yeah, wow. You know, I like
3: history, too, and maybe when this is all over you and I can stop by the souvenir shop together, but right now I just... I just I want to find some rockets. Don't tempt me. We are going to the morgue.
1: You're ready for this? I'll do my best.
3: Your best? Losers always whine about their best.
1: Winners go home and fuck the prom queen. Carla was the prom queen. Really? Yeah.
3: There is one scene in the movie, so when they are down in the mine shaft being chased uh, by the Marines, that scene when they are jumping in and out of mine carts and they're like hovering in the air and whatever, that could have been in National Treasure. <laughs> or Indiana nice. Jones. Or Indiana Jones. Because, yeah, it was uh,
2: very Indiana Jones. M-
3: Mike, Michael Bayes did start his career as an intern for George Lucas on Raiders. Very possible. That's it was his like a hat tip. It was scene.
2: like... Thank you.
3: Okay, so the rest of the movie is just like we sort of talk, like it's Nick Cage and Sean Connery trying to locate the rockets. They get
2: them, They get there's what uh, fifteen rockets. They get twelve of the guidance chips out, but and then uh, it takes them a
0: while to actually destroy them.
2: Right, because he's just holding on to them because he's like, you know, well, just in, he case, just, just in case, just in case I want to launch. He's, yeah. <laughs> just in case i want to launch these rockets off i'm gonna hold on to them and then they're gonna shoot one of the prisoners and sean connery takes all the guidance chips and stomps on them right there and says go find the other three i'm gonna go save this guy's life hummel gives him the whole the, the tree of liberty must be you know blood of patriots thomas jefferson and
3: in the end of course sean connery and nick cage succeed in locating and destroying all the transmitters and whatnot Sean Connery is then going to be presumed dead because his body vaporized. Vaporized,
2: yeah, right. Vaporized. That can happen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, well. because because uh, Cage tells him that they're not going to give him a deal. They're going to give. They're going to put him back in prison. So,
0: but then Connery gives him the location of the microfilm, mm-hmm. and uh, the last line of the movie, I believe, Cage turns to his new wife I... and he says, "Hey, do you want to know who killed Kennedy?" <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
3: So, so Chris, you hated it. I, I, it, I really
0: wanted, it, wanted to love this movie. When uh it out of
3: five.
0: Out of five stars. Um,
3: three.
2: Ryan. Yeah, between two and a half and three. Like I wanted to. It's I mean probably three. It's I mean it's not. It's better than True Lies. See, I thought True Lies was more entertaining, but
0: in like a, um, this is for Jason Cooper in a campy bad sense. Right.
2: That's what. I, like, if this would have been more, I don't know. This, this was campy at times, but... It, it was this took itself
0: pretty seriously.
2: Pretty, yeah, it, was, it, it took itself a little too seriously. It
3: could so, have been... As a man of the people... Hans Zimmer this, music. I give this a solid four. It is entertaining. <laughs> no, you don't. It is, no, it's entertaining. It's really good. It's a good action comedy. The lines that you think are bad are actually funny. Like, they are funny to laugh at. This movie contains more laughs than all of Game Night.
2: Oh, my oh, God.
3: Uh, and, and it's not even close. The, Thomas, the one, I, had you seen this before? I have seen this, I don't know, okay. a lot all of right. times. It all was right. on TV all the time. Okay. It mm. is a great movie. It is a great... This, I would much rather watch 10 of these than one Marvel movie.
0: That's mm. insane. And, I, and That's I, insane. I'm not even
3: kidding. This is much more entertaining. All right,
0: That's if ridiculous. we have time for that trash opinion, then uh, I'm going to give my Michael Bay ranking. Are you ready? This will be quick. Number 14, Transformers, The <laughs> Last night. Number 13, Transformers, Dark of the Moon. Number 12, Pearl Harbor. Number 11, Transformers, Revenge of the Fallen. Number 10, Armageddon. Number 9, Six Underground. Number 8, Transformers, Age of Extinction. Number 7, The Island. Number 6, 13 Hours, The Secret Soldiers what? of Benghazi. Number 5, Transformers. Number 4, Bad Boys 2. Number 3, Pain and Gain. Number 2, The Rock. Number 1, Bad Boys. Have you seen all those? Do I have to see them to rank? them? Okay, that's my thoughts. <laughs>
3: That's all for this episode. <laughs> good night and good luck. Uh, I, actually, I actually
0: did the ranking before I watched the movie, so The Rock should not have been number two. <laughs>